I I don't trust the polls because it has oh. gotten it so wrong. What I see is very much a repeat of history. I see what was Nixon okay. and what was Carter. And if I had to put my money on it, I would say that most likely you're going to have DeSantis be the quote unquote next Reagan. I, as much I, as I hate that. I doubt it. I mean, unless, it, it's, unless to, to the me Democrats and to, la- to, to me, that's laughable to, well, the idea of Trump being president was laughable to us too. And look what yeah. fucking happened. Yeah. No. People have to learn how to steal themselves for the worst case scenario. People didn't vote for the worst case scenario. People voted because, or didn't vote because they didn't think the worst case scenario was possible. People voted. People, uh, pe- <laughs> I got you cornered on that one. It is time now for something positive. We might be headed to the promised land the of promised speaking land, the truth the and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. Problem can only be solved. When there is a kind of coalition of conscience, of conscience, because conscience. that is how it works. This is the beginning; it is not the finale, and that's why we're here, and that's why we rally, 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 rally. We've got to be that creative minority, creative minority, creative minority. Find a way to get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Frankly, I know we've got to do something. That's right. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Got to remember to put that down if I want to chat. Oh, there you go. Yes, thank you. You use a headset, right? I do. And it, it sound, always sounds good and consistent, you know? I love that. You know, that's been one of the things, like, you know, I know that a lot of people enjoy having the microphone. Uh-huh. And I get it. Like, like I think... I think it would probably sound a lot better if I had a microphone, like an actual dedicated microphone. But for me, like, especially being able to hear uh-huh. the headset, just, you know, having everything all in one and not having to remember to lean into the mic if I want to do something. <laughs> right. No, you're always consistent. And that's my first piece of advice to all new podcasters when they say, well, I need a mic. I say, well, you have a gamer headset. Just use that because it's always consistent, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's your podcast advice. Welcome to Public Access America. My name is Jason and his name is Jeffrey. And we get together once a week to talk about the week. Um, We're not live streaming, by the way. I just didn't feel like setting it up. (laughs) So hey, whatever. Yeah, no, I like that. And I wanted to I wanted to start by saying I found in our podcast episodes that our podcast host, as wonderful and great as it is, put put one, two, three, four, five, six, eight commercials in every one of our episodes. And so I've been I've I've eliminated those. I leave them at the end if people I don't care. Then we make ten cents. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and so I, I think it's important. I think people give up listening in the first 30 seconds if they don't like what they hear. And I don't like the ads that are being put in front of our episodes or in our episodes just randomly halfway through during Winston Churchill's speech. There's an ad. I don't like that. That's not what this is about. Public Access America, our past episodes, our first five seasons 
their historical original audio that's not monetizable. I don't monetize Malcolm X you know, and James Baldwin. That's not what we're right. doing. So I, yeah. I went back. I'm going back and removing them from old episodes and kind of cleaning out some of the weird episodes we have and all that stuff. But I'm going through it and I'm trying to curate it. And there's never going to be any ads stuck in the middle of our conversations unless it's a host ad. And we're not going to put the ads in the beginning anymore. As much as I love St. Jude's, I don't like their sob story at the beginning of my podcast. You know, what put I mean? it at the end or something. I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we all, we'll have two ads at the end. Um, I mean, cause like I said, we're, we, yeah, it's not like we're raking in the cash and it's not like that's what we're doing it for. So I, I, I hope other podcasters get that because I hate that. I, I turn so many pod new podcasts off just because there's ads at the beginning and I'm like, I don't want it, you know? So my biggest, my biggest problem with <clears throat> any type of advertisement is, is that I don't have confirmation that the person doing the advertising actually uses the product. Right. And so like, you know, at least like, you know, in, in some of the gun community, the, the stuff that I watch there, it's like, you know, when they're advertising products, it's because they've actually tested and used them and they actually recommend them. Right. You, know, you get, you get a bunch of people who put lines in, but like, there's a few out there where they actually show themselves, you know, either, you know, sleeping on the mattress, you know, because mm -hmm. they actually have it in their house or, you know, they, they have the product on their gun or, you know, they have it in their camping setup and, you know, that's great. Like if, you know, for me, it's one of those things like I wouldn't mind advertising if, you know, I got a chance to put my hands on the product, use the That's product right. and then, and then be able to sit down and say, yeah, I actually really like this. I would absolutely, you know, recommend people getting this and using it. Right. I just can't do that for most things personally. I just, uh -oh. I don't, you know, I worked in, I, I did a little work in retail just long enough for me to realize that I can't sell shit that I don't you know, I can't back up. That's why I was a horrible, uh, like weed dealer. Cause I was always like, Oh, you only have 30. Well, I really only spent 10, you know, I guess I'll take 20, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. And my mom taught me at an early age, she wouldn't buy me like clothes with like a name brand on it. Like mm -hmm. I wanted, a, I remember wanting a jacket and, or a hat and she's like, why would you advertise free for Coke? You know? <laughs> right there, you know, and that's the thing is like, you know, some of the name brand stuff out there, like, honestly, isn't that much better than whatever the store brand is. And then there's been a few cases where yeah. I've bought in store brand and I've been more impressed with the quality of the store brand than I have been with, you know, the quote unquote name brand. Right. Yeah. Because it's built for people that need it to last sometimes, you know, so, or, you know, or it's built for people who have a budget. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. the, I think the catalyst was we were talking about Amazon and the union you know, the unionization that's going on. And then I went back and there was an Amazon commercial at the beginning of our show. And I was like, that felt really gross and like counterproductive right at the start, you know? Right, right. Ugh, gross. So is there anything on your mind? Anything top of mind? It's been a weird, weird week that I only could like caption. I couldn't research. So, Duh, you know, it, here it's been hot. Like it has been almost a hundred the entire week. Um, yeah. I think today is supposed to be the last day where we're up in the nineties solid mm -hmm. and yeah, that's just not fun. Don't, I don't no. enjoy that. I did. Yeah. Cause I was outside and like Florida does this thing where it's, it's 
hot hot as fuck but the, mm-hmm. the it's so humid that it just rains like this the, the sky can't hold the humidity and it just starts raining it's not clouds mm. it's just water <laughs> no i've seen that a very few times in my life and mm. one of them was actually in eastern montana um i remember there was one time that it got super hot and in the middle of the day i was watching it actually rain but there were no clouds in the sky and it right. was the weirdest thing ever because i had never seen that before so i actually had to look up the phenomenon because it's like how do you how do you explain it's raining but there are no clouds yeah and it basically just boil it boils down to you know when rain falls it's because you've reached quote unquote 100 humidity right there is enough condensation that water is falling out of you know clouds mm-hmm. in this case you've hit a point where humidity has hit you know, a hundred percent and any additional moisture just is going to fall to the ground. And it's wild. It is wild to see and explain. And that's, you know, and that's the thing is like, you know, I'm part of me has been like, man, I grew up in, you know, Eastern Montana and I lived in Phoenix and I know that 90 is not terrible. 95 is not terrible, but But, when it's humid, it sucks because you can't sweat. (laughs) Right. It was a hundred percent humidity, 96 degrees. And then at seven o'clock I was comfortable on the front porch in 90 degrees because the humidity had gone down. Mm-hmm. And that made me think like, we're, we're not even near the equator, mm-hmm. you know, imagine going somewhere where it's like warmer, Ugh, like warmer than it is here. Cause it's always going to be warmer on the equator than here. And that made me wonder are people just radical because of the heat? Like in those areas, are their minds just like kind of warped in a way that people in cooler temperatures can't understand? That's, I mean, not in a bad I, way, but warped in a different way. Like yeah. is the heat warp the mind like that? I mean, I mean, we know it, we know it can, that's, that's yeah. for sure. But you know, the difference, there's a couple of differences you have to keep in mind. Number one, uh, physiology are you built for the heat you know yeah. being pale skins the answer is usually not really right no you know <laughs> that's just one of those things like you know we don't do the heat very well right. and that's just i mean you think about it you know that's an adaptation you know we do better in colder climates which is why hey white people if you're afraid about the whole race thing, climate change is not your friend because it's right. getting hotter. Right. Now I'm just going to be an asshole about that because it's true. That's a great, cause that's another one of my notes, Christian nationalism, but mm. yes, that's the whole point of, of the, it's getting hotter at the equator. People are moving up because of it to cooler temperatures. You know what I mean? And that's gonna, that's gonna mix all of your communities. Oh God, you know, and here's, and here's the reality is, is that, you know, there are ways for us to, you know, cool mm-hmm. places, you know, at least create cooling centers. And, and there's, I would also say that there are ways for us to cool places as well. Um, city of Phoenix was actually doing a study and showed that they could cool down the temperatures of the city by creating greenways you know essentially you know because they've got all of this you know asphalt now right it's become a major city but by having these greenways where you have these major arterial art uh arterials get covered with tree Uh cover it actually helps cool down the neighborhood well why does that happen well number one 
you don't have all of this asphalt absorbing heat. And then when it finally cools down, that asphalt releases that heat. It right. makes the nights stay warmer. I mean, this is something that is actually measurable. And so if you use tree cover to block sunlight hitting the asphalt, then guess what happens? You don't get the heat absorption. So you've got like actually quite a few studies where people yeah. are painting their roadways like as as white as they can to keep them from absorbing heat. That's an mm. interesting concept as well. That is cool. Um, you know, because you've got it's kind of like this weird juxtaposition because you've got like the Dutch who are using uh, roadway heat to generate electricity, but then you have places that are like in the desert where you know the cities are too hot, and if you don't figure out ways to keep from absorbing heat so it doesn't release later on and keep your nights warm, yeah. you know you you just kind of have this weird juxtaposition of you know how do you you know, what kind of creative ways can you combat climate change it's amazing what the mind can think of when science is involved instead of religion you know <laughs> you know but the thing is is that you know up through the 50s i would say 50s and maybe even the 60s science and religion weren't really all that separated it you know there was the there mm -hmm. was this idea that you know science was about you know explaining the how you know, how does this thing do this? How does this function? How, how do we, how did God create it? And, and religion was the why, like the, the philosophical, why are yeah. we here? What is our purpose? Why did you he know? create it? Yep. And, 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 and there was this fundamental understanding that, you know, we were never going to answer quote unquote, what God's will was, but we could explain the inner workings of so many different things and how you know yeah. we got from point a to point b i mean if you think about it the catholic church has accepted the theory of evolution since the 1950s you know the catholic church of all places that quote unquote man came from monkey and you know <laughs> and even then you know if you if you speak to people who you know read you know the torah and you know, the old testament if you're if that's what you're familiar with you know, the earth being created in seven days was a metaphor. It was, it was a metaphor for how long it took for us to come into existence. It wasn't seven literal days. Right. You know, and, and, and I think that's one of the biggest problems when it comes to the whole, you know, argument of religion is, is that there are people out there who understand this, but they are drowned out by people who don't like, you know, revelations was always one of my favorites, you know, being the horror buff that I am this read like a fucking horror story. <laughs> then I started reading history and I went, this kind of looks familiar. Right. And it was Rome in the time of Nero. Right. The Bible is a glorification of times, you know what I mean? So, but also so, that history repeats itself. The mm -hmm. Bible fundamentally is based on the fact that history repeats itself in every like a clock, it's right every so often, you know what I mean? Well, and, and the thing is, is that having grown up in a Christian household, a Catholic household, there were plenty of lessons that I took with me when I left religion. And it's, you know, there there's some things that I'm like, it's real cute that everybody believes it, but I'm sorry. I just, there are certain things that go against the entirety of everything that we understand it is not replicable in any sense of the imagination. And let's be real honest. This is 
you know, the people who believe this are also the same people who believe everything they read on the internet as true as well. And it doesn't lend itself any credence. But when you look at some of the base actions, the base morals that are taught, you know, there's a lot that you can teach going forward. I mean, one of the biggest lessons that I learned that I took with me was to love everyone. You know, don't judge. You know, why? Because let's be real honest. I got my own fucking battles going on and judging somebody based on their own isn't exactly a great look. Now, right. am, am I somebody who gets it right all the time? No. no, no, I am not. But I, you know, when I get called out on it, I go, you know what? You're right. That was shitty. That was yeah. not cool of me to do. You know, and we'll just go from there. And, or, you know, the fact that, you know, everybody spends their entire, you know, existence reading the Bible and trying to define what is and isn't Christian. And for me, the definition is very simple. You know, when you look at the, the, the gospels that are written, you have to look at the actions that are explained because you basically have what I would call the, you know, the Gospels in a lot of ways are the opinion pieces and the kernels of truth are in there because you will see four people explain the same action four different ways, but the action itself is the same in every single one. So if you want to go with, because of our conversation, a conservative interpretation of the Bible. <laughs> Just that to you me, have to say that alone says there's an issue. <laughs> so, so if I were to go with a conservative interpretation, what I would say is, is that it's the action that you need to follow. You know, he fed the hungry, clothed the homeless, took care of those in need. He loved people regardless. And that's what you're actually supposed to do. Like, you know, you, you can sit down and you can define all of these different things as to whether they are or whether they aren't. You can jump back and forth between interpretations. And it's no different than what I would consider, you know, you know, four medias take on, there's your numerology for the day. The four medias are like the four apostles. <clears throat> there you go. Why no. not? Um, it's a like valid you, it's a valid point is that you it was have just reporting of the time after the fact and you have all of these different interpretations but still one single solitary action right so and 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 i i approach the news much the same way it's like what is the actual thing that happened okay let's drop the rest of the opinion bullshit because right. that's fucking useless to me i don't give a shit about somebody else's opinion most of the time right you know it's like if, if there's an interesting take on something, yeah, sure. I'll take a listen to it and see what their explanation is for it. Mm -hmm. But most of the time it's just people selling outrage and trying to scare people and this, that, and the other. And it's just boring to me. I can't, I just don't I, do I, it. I get it. I listen, I, I listen to the, what you're saying, the action, the fact, the story, and then I dip out and I come up with my own thoughts on it. And then I go back and then I'm like, well, they missed it. Like they're off. And then I leave, you know what I mean? Because nobody, like, nobody hits it from my perspective. So that was like, you know, when you had the whole Russian collusion thing with Trump, mm -hmm. the first thing I said was, you're never going to find collusion. What you're going to find are a bunch of selfish assholes, because the problem with Trump is, is that you can't have this criminal mastermind genius and this blabbering booger eating moron exist right. in the same body. That's not how this works. 
either he's an idiot who thinks he's got the best people or he is actually a criminal genius. And as we came to find out over the course of his presidency, he's a moron and he's a moron that got elected to the highest office of the land because (laughs) he had enough, uh, he had enough, he he somehow rolled high enough charisma to get people to believe his bullshit. You know, is is the only way that I know how to speak it, and 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 unfortunately for a lot of he authoritarians, has, he has great survival skills. Once he's in a situation, he will scammer like a fucking possum in a garbage can to get out of it, and he won't quit until he does get out of it. And a lot of times, he's making a bigger mess behind him, and people are like, "Oh, look at the mess!" instead of the possum. That's how he did it. But eventually, he's going to get tired, slow down, and get caught. And that's, and that's the reality. And, and what you, what you ended up seeing was a bunch of people that had surrounded Trump trying to get their fame, trying to get their, their moment of glory, right, their agenda. Right. And you had, so you had some people that were seeking, you know, the, the fame, the fortune and the camera time. And you had other people that were seeking, you know, more underground means and more, mm-hmm. you know, back alley means and people got caught. You know, one of the things from the last January 6th hearing that I watched, you know, the last one that aired is you have all of these people that are sitting there that go on their media platforms going, how can they attack our president? And how can they do this? And how can they say that? But when you read the actual text messages that they were sending, right, they were fucking scared. They were scared of what was going to happen, not necessarily to the fucking movement, but to them because they had backed this guy. That's right. They were talking about legal ramifications. They were, you know, you know, and 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 that's how, and, and so what I want people to take away, it's, it's, I don't want people to think that it was only the conservatives that were fucking cowards in this, because I guarantee you the Democrats are no different in how they've gone with Biden. The craziest part in all of this is, is that the insurrectionist president has higher ratings than the fucking current one uh, because well, he's fucked it up so bad. I'm going to call that to be determined at the moment. Trump's ratings were never lower I'm just going to say that Biden's might be going up soon. Maybe. I, I don't, I don't know because I think what he, like I said last week, what he's been trying to do is force Congress to do something. And I think it, I think <clears throat> it started to work this week. I honestly do. I think like Joe Manchin just came to terms with, I've just, I've taken all of the, all of everything that the Democrats had, all the momentum and used it for myself. I don't know what happened with him. I'm not going to take personal credit, but it just seems like the accomplishments that are going on and the way things are going to start calming down, I really think is going to favor Biden. Um, Unfortunately, I don't see that happening with inflation running out of control. What I see is very much a Jimmy Carter situation. Mm, That would be, I mean, I'm not saying I like Joe Biden. I'm just saying that I don't, I don't like the other side. And I think the messaging is getting better. I think Democrats are getting better on their talking points. The one six commission, I think everything is starting to go the Democrats way. And I don't know what that, what, what's going to happen with that. Democrats are up overall over Republicans, almost six points across the board. And that's weird. That's, I don't think that's enough, but I think it's, a weird phenomenon that we're not looking at. I I don't trust the polls because it has oh. gotten it so wrong 
what I see is very much a repeat of history. I see what was Nixon okay. and what was Carter. And if I had to put my money on it, I would say that most likely you're going to have DeSantis be the quote unquote next Reagan. I, as much I, as I hate that. I doubt it. I mean, unless, it, it's, unless to, to the me Democrats and Biden, la- to, to me, that's laughable to, well, the idea of Trump being president was laughable to us too. And look what yeah. fucking happened. Yeah. No. People have to learn how to steal themselves for the worst case scenario. People didn't vote for the worst case scenario. People voted because, or didn't vote because they didn't think the worst case scenario was possible. People voted. People, uh, <laughs> I got you cornered on that one. <laughs> no, no, I'm just trying to formulate my thought here. People didn't vote for Donald Trump for change. <clears throat> for change, they voted for him because it seemed to outrage the media so much that he was gaining popularity. And the more the more popularity he got, the more the liberal media was like, "Oh God, no, we can't have this. He's the demon." And everybody was like, "Look at this." Look, look what we're doing. This is fucking the libs really hard. And it's, it's been going that way. Every, every outrage, everything Republicans do that are outrageous outrages the libs, which is exactly what the Republicans want. And Ron DeSantis coming up, outraging us after Donald Trump did. I think once people get to know him, they're going to be like, oh no, he's not our guy, but let him try. I'm okay with that. But I think liberals in the media have to stop paying attention and looking for the next demon. It's not Joe Rogan right nope. it's not elon musk it's not it's not donald trump it's not ron DeSantis. it's not joe biden either or nancy pelosi by the way right, but right. It, it, it's closer to mitch mcconnell <laughs> i think we focused in on everything is saying we could work if this one gear was moving better and i think the pressure of that is causing mitch to make moves that are making things happen by force and i think all of that in the end is going to favor the democrats as much as i would like to believe that the problem is 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 that democrats have acted too slowly on a number of things yeah yeah their messaging has been awful it's been awful inflation (laughs) the fact the fact that the fact that it took them as long as they did to start addressing inflation like Uh don't get me wrong like i i don't think that doing aggressively what we're doing now back in the early days would have been a good idea i think it would have tanked the economy you know somebody said something really smart and it'll fit your narrative well not narrative the actual thing that happened is somebody said we we had shitty supply chains because of covid and then instead of fixing the supply chains we just gave a bunch of money to people and so they started buying things and the supply chains couldn't handle it because of covid and i was like god damn it that makes mm-hmm. sense that makes sense and all of that money <laughs> all of that mm-hmm. money just just fucked us up well so this is where I, I do think that you have this issue of target. Everybody, almost, you know, everybody got money in a lot of ways. Almost everybody did. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Now, am I grateful for the money that I got? Absolutely. Am I grateful for the money that I got? You know, I used it to get rid of my credit card debt. You know, Uh, I did. I, I, of course, I have bought some things as well, but they were mostly durable goods, things that were going to last a long time. And then I was listening to a great economic report on this as well. The thing is, is that there's now, you know, an overstock of durable goods because of the fact that people spent their money early on in the pandemic. And now with inflation getting out of control, they're tamping down to their needs. And so Uh you have, you're going to see, I would argue that probably this, this later this summer, early fall, you're going to start seeing some really fucking good deals on some things that you just would not believe. Yeah. Like, like I'm probably going to be able to score a really nice 55 inch 4k TV for my room. (laughs) And I'm probably going to get it at a screaming deal. Yeah, because here comes Black Friday and Christmas, right? Not even that. It's because people bought all of that stuff uh-huh. with their relief funds. Well, that's what I'm saying. And this, this slowdown is going to happen right at the time for them to have the breaking sales. You know, it was just shitty that I just realized all of that stimulus went to shit that needed to be shipped here. Doesn't that mean that we paid somebody somewhere else? Doesn't that mean all of that stimulus money we got went to China to deliver stuff here? Yes and no. Yes. And um, no. yeah. I mean, some of it did, some of it didn't. Um, Americans overwhelmingly paid down debt with their yeah. stimulus money. Yeah. Um, but they did buy a few things with it as well. Yeah. Um, rent? rent? <laughs> like that's what I paid. Yeah. Rent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, rent, rent food, but overwhelmingly like besides rent you know besides like your immediate needs the things that people spent their money on was getting rid of their their debts their credit right. card debts. well that's what and, they're surviving on now is that lack of but thanks to inflation credit card debt has actually started to go back up again uh-huh yeah because people have always been using their credit not their bank accounts well i mean there's a benefit to using you know your credit if you have the means to do it. That's and right. unfortunately, when you're already living paycheck to paycheck, for most people, that's just not a reality. That's right. That's right. So, you know, and unfortunately, like for me, it's like I've had this great run of not having to use a credit or like or using my credit card and then just paying it off right away. Mm-hmm. It's been fantastic. I've enjoyed it. But what's going to happen now is, is that when my student loans pick up, again um in september you know the credit card is not going to get used at all you know it's going to be if i don't have the cash for it i'm not going to buy it right because quite frankly it's like in you know interest rates have gone up significantly so why would i want to pay more for something when i can just save my money drop cash on it and not have to pay somebody else for the luxury of owning a piece of plastic and, and a revolving credit line Right. Okay. Well, I'll say I'll say Joe Biden not might not be fixing it fast enough or well, but it was broken. <laughs> Somebody it's, came in it's and broke broken. it. So it's I, all broken. I want to say is like I don't support Joe Biden to real uh, to run again. I also nope. don't support Donald Trump running again. If nope. Ron DeSantis wants to try in the field that is different. Uh, homogenous versions of Ron, of Ron DeSantis, then that's fine. If Ted Cruz and, you know, Mitt Romney and Ron DeSantis want to stand on a stage and 
look diversified, then they can go ahead and try and do that. You know what right. I mean? That's fine. Then I hope a Cory Booker actually has a chance, you know? Yeah, they, I mean, like, though, and here's what's been absolutely crazy is, is that, you know, there was some, I forget which company it was, released an article about who Americans want to see run instead of Joe Biden. And their number one pick was fucking Hillary Clinton. I said, no, it's not. I'm the naughty. No, if you, I, I guarantee you, if you want, if you want to, if you want to see the Republicans win the next election, go ahead, throw Hillary Clinton up there. I just, from a different point of view, from a policy wonk point of view, if you want like things to get organized, then you need a Hillary Clinton and an Elizabeth Warren ticket for four years. You just do. And after that, anybody can do whatever they want. The guardrails will be in place. You know what I mean? guarantee that, you that's hillary, the good side if, of hillary hillary can dig into a policy like nobody can you know it's hillary like can people dig worry into about policy, her yeah. agenda and i worry about her personal agenda but as far as reading a policy yeah i like her i wouldn't vote for her for president well, exactly no. but that's exactly the point but, but the funny thing is is like republican mm -hmm. polls say trump is getting about 33 percent but 40% want somebody else. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't even determine who it's Trump or somebody else because there's nobody there that can fill the void. Like mm -hmm. Ron DeSantis, it's the attention he gets is because the liberal media cries about him. Like, mm -hmm. look at how radical he is. The same with Greg Abbott in Texas. Mm -hmm. Is that going to be your presidential primary? Go for it. You know what I mean? Like, so Ron DeSantis thinks that he is great because he has a thousand people around him telling him he's great but once he walks out and has to talk to like the other millions that can't stand him he's gonna he's gonna shrink he's gonna shrink and i guarantee it and i'm gonna love watching it nobody's trump they all think they're trump but they can't handle the burn like he could he could handle that that fire behind him the whole way in a way i've never seen anybody else do you know just seriously no, it's it's definitely going to be interesting just simply because, you know, it's always early. Everybody has their ideas. Everybody's trying to feel things out. Well, not blowing up the midterms. Right. I mean, realistically speaking, I don't know that anybody is, you know, I don't know who's going to make it out and who's going to decide, nah, fuck this. I'm not going for it. Could be a Fetterman and from Philadelphia if he wins or Pennsylvania if he wins. But I hear he's running you. his campaign against Dr. Oz is kind of cute and adorably brilliant, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and then there's the, the Doug Mastriano, who's the Christian nationalist. I don't know if you pay attention mm -hmm. to that. And I just think these guys like J.D. Vance in Ohio, they, with these, and Matt Gates, they all have these shocking opinions um, of the way we should live. Like, Somebody in an abusive relationship should stay in an abusive relationship, says JD Vance. Like that's that's not that's not normal. Like that's not normal. That's a radical view. Mm -hmm. Nobody's gonna vote for him. I mean, you can put up all the ads you want. It's just you're worse than the Democrat. It's you're sinking lower than the Democrat when you could just shut your fucking mouth like I told Marco Rubio and you would be better than the Democrat. A Republican that doesn't say anything but just does his job is always going to be better than the person that's yelling. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
So just, and that's what Marco Rubio's doing, by the way, <laughs> like he's working on the burn pit legislation and in a meaningful ways. And I like that, you know, mm -hmm. that's what I told Matt Gates too. just shut your mouth and vote for something. You know? Right. And what did Matt, Matt Gates said? Why is it all the ugly women that aren't going to get pregnant or complaining about pro-life? Oh my God, Matt, you know, and he's going to get reelected because he has no competition because he's going to shut his mouth after that. Well, unless they actually decide to, you know, indict him on sex trafficking. Well, he's going to get indicted. That's for sure. He's going to go to jail, but he's going to be replaced by, I don't know, the governor, right? I don't know what would happen after that. So yeah, the governor will pick his replacement. And that would be Nikki Freed, by the way, Florida. Nikki Freed, F-R-I-E-D, is awesome. She wants to legalize weed. She wants to expand Medicaid. She wants to take care of the people. She doesn't want to just work in the, she's our agriculture commissioner. She's the only, she's the highest ranking Democrat to win statewide in Florida, our agriculture commissioner. She's awesome. Check her out. Nice. I keep inviting her on the show, and then I come to realize it's more important that she goes on bigger shows than gets more attention here in Florida, like Florida-based shows. And then I'll just I'll just promote her because she's cool. Somebody said Oprah Winfrey should run for governor. I was like, fuck you, <laughs> Nikki. Nikki Freed has policies that I agree with. I don't know what I agree with Oprah Winfrey on, but I don't know her policies at all. You know. Mm hmm. Why we got to stop voting for popularity and start voting for people we agree with? <laughs> well, that's I mean that's where we're at though. Is is that yeah. it's it's not about voting for policy anymore. It's about voting for mm -hmm. about voting for you know who you like that's going to upset the other party the most. Right, but it's this interesting thing. We can always just follow the person that we're thinking about on Twitter or Facebook and see what they write. You know what I mean? Just you have a whole year to pay attention to them. That's what's mm -hmm. so cool about it. So we, they do you know anything about the wait? Where should I start? Uh podcasting. God, we did that. So do you know anything about the Chips Act? Chips. A little bit. Da, da, yep. Da, da. I was just <clears throat> watching the. The, the guy that runs the company in Taiwan that makes the semiconductors for all of the planet, you know, and I, he's like explaining that he could only be this innovative because Taiwan has has had 50 years of both peace and education and they've increased their GDP or not their GDP. What is it? They've increased something 5% every decade. So maybe it is their GDP. Yeah, their GDP. Their like quality of life has gone up five percent. Yeah, and I think that's kind of cool. And I wanted to say that hey, peace, peace and prosperity go together, and education is part of that. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. But the Chips Act is corporate welfare. Wait, it's it's bringing micro, uh, bringing production home, right? Mm -hmm. So which is it? Uh, yes, it's both. Okay. Are we and paying but, them to bring their their stuff back here? Um, in a way, yes, and in a way, no. So basically, you're at the point of when it comes to making microchips, mm -hmm. uh, microprocessors, the technology has changed in such ways that you know anything that you bring is going to have to be able to adapt to how things keep changing. 
Um, so a lot of it is going to be, you know, building new factories um, in places where you're going to be able to get the workers necessary in order to build these chips, where right. you're going to have places where you're going to be able to attract workers to come places that are going to you know, fit the needs. One of the biggest problems, you know, the thing about globalization and uh, as much as I enjoy globalization, there's always a risk of relying on somebody else to fulfill your own needs. Right. And so thanks to the previous administration, thanks to COVID, thanks to wars, thanks to dick measuring contests, what we found out is, is that there were some very key and critical things that we as a country need and we can't get access to them because, well, politics kind of tends to fuck up trade relationships. Yeah. So what does the CHIPS Act do? The CHIPS Act helps subsidize building factories. It helps subsidize getting things started, um, getting things up and running. And what it does on top of that is because so much of our, the stuff that we need and we use is runoff of computers. It gets us a steady supply of chips. Now there's also a national security component to this. So a lot of these chips, you know, the biggest concern is, is that is there a backdoor for foreign actors to be able to monitor what it is that we're doing right and this is one of those places where having tight control over your own supply chain for certain critical components makes the most sense that was the issue with the huawei right the 5g huawei yep yeah okay yep because their technology well you know the price point was right the problem was is, is that there were backdoors created because Huawei is, you know, a communist China con uh, country's company. Right. And so what the government asks for is what's going to happen. Now, the thing is, is that I'm not going to say that Trump was wrong on this, you know, because he raised this point very vocally. And a bunch of people, you know, tried to, you know, play it off as racism. A bunch of people tried to play it off as, you know, him not understanding. I don't think he understands it, but I do think that the right people were in his ear going, look, this is actually kind of a security problem. Sure. There's good, there was good people in the Trump administration trying to good, do good things as well as people that were just trying to benefit themselves. It wasn't like all Republicans are bad. That Cassidy Hutchinson rocks, right? Like mm -hmm. I'd have her in my administration. So that's right. cool. That's cool. So knowing that right now with the state of geopolitics, where they're at, you know, we're not going to be getting reliable chips from China. Taiwan is on a, on an interesting cusp. And if you don't hedge your bets now, let's say China does attack Taiwan suddenly we lose our access to whatever chips that we were getting. And the, those the Taiwan chips are in every iPhone, every iPad, every desktop computer, every laptop. They're ev they're in your refrigerators. They're everywhere. They're, mm -hmm. they're, they are the lifeblood of our, of our technology today. And China could just take that Island. That's why it's important to defend it, but we also don't want to go to war for China. So we'd rather start manufacturing them here, but we need people that 
like you said, are educated in doing that, right? And that was my point about pulling people out of coal mines to learn and be educated in the jobs that we need, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes, 18-year-old dudes can go and work in a coal mine, you know, but at some point, can we phase them out and teach them to do something else so they don't get black lung? Like, you know, can they make the money and then also be trained to move on so we have a rotation of promotion in tiers? I'm okay with that, you know? Mm -hmm. So... I like that. I like the idea. And I like hearing about um, there's going to be another vote on Xi Jinping. Like, I, can't, I don't know his name. <laughs> Xi Jinping. Right. Like a confidence vote or something in another term or something. And like mm -hmm. COVID is fucking him up and this Taiwan thing and this Russia thing and everything is just destabilizing. There's protests now in China. And it's mm -hmm. like, it's like perfect timing. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I would, and here's the thing is, is that, uh, you know, what I would say is, is that where China has excelled in the past is when they haven't had as hard line of leaders. Right. And, you know, it fostered better relationships. Now, here's the thing is, is that there's always been tension over Taiwan between China and the U.S. And but, we both agreed that we're not going to, like, go for it. Well, you know, that's, and that's what it used to be, you know, right, right. she has absolutely decided that that's maybe not the case. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was a bunch of, you know, there was a bunch of question as to whether or not, you know, he should, you know, get another term, like whether or not he could, you know, rule the country and right. much like, much like Russia is doing. Now, I think one of the things that, um, China learned from the Soviet Union was is that leadership of the Communist Party seems to do better when there is change. Um, yes, you know, because right. you had Mao lead for a long time, and then they started rotating in leaders, and that seemed to help create more prosperity for China. Right, more outreach. Right, they weren't just an isolated nation anymore. Right, right, right. And so you saw, you know, you saw China really come into its own under a lot of these other leaders that, you know, while we still had our vocal disagreements on things, the hard line wasn't there. Right. And it really made things a lot easier for us to do business with China. Since the time of cheese rule, um, it has become increasingly harder for us to do business with China because of their take it or leave it policies their their i would i would also include us in this but the lack mm -hmm. of willing to negotiate the lack of willingness to, right to to really find you know a calm center ground that doesn't involve you know threats of taking over islands that you know right. are friendly to us the or human, you we know, can't look past the human rights you just taking over Hong Kong, the Uyghurs, the news, all of that stuff. And then China just fighting in like in public with our sports figures and stuff, the way yep. they could reach down and attack people was just disturbing. So, <clears throat> so, and then on top of that, you know, I, much like, much like Trump COVID really sucked up. She's, um, political uh -huh. capital because yeah, prior to COVID, you know, he was actually doing pretty decently well, mm -hmm. but because of the lack of willingness to really innovate in terms of how to deal with the pandemic, 
you know, their zero COVID policy has actually come back to bite them very significantly. Right. And, and the further <clears throat> crack the further crackdown because they didn't they didn't have immunization from these later variants because of their isolated the way they isolated yeah. so now these things are hitting them much harder than they're hitting us so right and you know the thing was is that rather than looking at their vaccine and going you know what no this isn't effective we either need to bring in vaccine or we need to create a better version right they they held they stuck to their guns with it and that was really not the best solution and so they stuck to a vaccine that barely did anything and mm-hmm. a method of covid control that has harmed their economy in a way that you know now you're starting to see issues around being able to repay mortgages in the country and right friends and things like that you know it you know his policies have absolutely done a number on the country they're freezing I- they're freezing accounts so that people can't withdraw mm-hmm. like real people can't <clears throat> withdraw so mm-hmm. there's there's issues there and so it's amazing like by the time trump loses and for 2025 we could lose she we could russia mm-hmm. could peter out he could be like overthrown mm-hmm. this could be a real weird world if we just keep pushing forward and having that vision you know and but the thing is saudi arabia right they're gross <laughs> China's not going to go anywhere. Um, you will, I would, I would hedge a I bet. Just want you them will see to be a different ruler. Moderate. Yeah. A different ruler is fine. <clears throat> you know, like, um, I would prefer somebody more moderate, somebody that wants to work within the global community for a better global community, not a one China, not a one America, not a one Russia. You will never you know? see one. You will never see one China go away. That, that will never happen. Okay. Um, that is, I, I think really unfortunate. That's I threats think. of imperialism, right? Right, exactly. And and honestly, like if if China wanted to see the US really back away from something like this, you know, they would drop the claims to if they drop the claims to Taiwan, I guarantee you that, you know, it would what it would look like is, you know, Taiwan would probably ask us, you know, to establish a base, but we would say no. Right. Simply because it's like, look, you know, if you you know, you're no longer under threat of invasion by China we'll sell you military hardware like we're doing now we'll help train you don't get me wrong but right. you know if if this idea of taking taiwan comes off the table america would have no need to build a military base there we've already got japan we've already got south korea that right. would not nec- having another military base there would not be with necessarily within our best interests it would actually make things worse yeah we don't want to plant a flag in in, in <clears throat> disputed territory we want to look- well even if it's not disputed anymore it puts us closer you know to a, a risk yeah, that I, we would yeah. we would go there's no reason for us to take that risk that's like putting nukes in cuba you know what I mean? It's just it a would little be like too us, close. It would be a, like us showing up with with uh, nukes in Ukraine. It would not be a great right. decision. It exactly. would it would be a it would be a really bad decision. I'm not saying that you know the tough part is, is I'm not like saying that our current decision making with how we're addressing Ukraine is adequate, but I would also say that it it keeps us from devolving to a point where we're hoping that rational minds. Uh-huh. You know, don't launch a fucking nuke. Right. Our better angels. is So, mm, I, I had that thought, and it just, I don't know how I got away from it. Something about the sports. Brittany Griner, right? She's in, uh, mm-hmm. she's in Russia. Now, yep. 
somebody raised an interesting point about this that I didn't I I didn't address it because it's a basic forward conversation to have. But what was interesting to me is she was there because maybe if maybe if she had made as much money as the male her male counterpart, she wouldn't have had to go and work in Russia for money. Mm-hmm. And I found that interesting that maybe because of her lack of pay and equality that caused her to go somewhere. I don't believe, I don't, I mean, I, is she wrongfully detained? She had, she had marijuana in a country that doesn't allow marijuana. Right. All right. <clears throat> Let's have some fun with this one. Okay. Cause this is a fun one. Um, for starters, I struggle to believe that she actually had hash cartridges on her. To oh, begin cool. With. Okay. Um, because she's been playing in Russia since 2014. Okay. If I remember correctly. Um, like 2014, 2015, somewhere in there. Right. So she been, this she wasn't been there. She done that. This wasn't her first trip to Russia. Um, <clears throat> now she does have a, a medical card for marijuana. Right. Um, so there is the possibility that, you know, she had a couple of cartridges on her when she packed her stuff. Like, okay. like it's a, what people have to understand is that Russia's policy on drugs is, is that mm, no, absolutely no. not. <clears throat> zero. Um, zero. It's yeah, it's you're, you're gambling with your fucking life. <clears throat> and that's just like with dealing with weed. Mm. So here is one of the biggest problems that we're up against that the U S you know, the U S women's national team came up against and you know, with the men's national team where you have the WNBA and you have the NBA. Right. So I'm going to start with a basic question. And that basic question is if you have two retail stores, one is larger sells more merchandise sells more uh ability to get what you need and you have then a mom and pop store whose sales aren't nearly as big oh that's gross (laughs) who do you expect to be able to pay more well of course the bigger one there's and that's where there is no difference in this scenario between that and you know the NBA versus the WNBA. You don't have the same star buying power because you don't have the same level of merchandise sales. Huh. You don't have the same level of ticket sales. Tickets to go to an NBA, like you know, let's let's do a little math. Let's let's find out what the tickets to go to uh, a Phoenix game is. Uh, Phoenix, but that the. The inequality is systemic. That's what I'm saying. They didn't both have the same jumping off points. This is where they didn't have the same jumping off point, but this is economics 101, supply and demand. Oh, of course, as it is now. The demand is to go see an NBA game, not a WNBA game. Now, that demand has changed a lot since I was younger when the WNBA first came into being. Oh, for sure. I'm watching WNBA. So let's see. <clears throat> I would much rather watch the women. They're awesome. You know what I mean? <laughs> let's it's, see here. It's so, not, but it's also not as commercialized. So that's the other side of it. So, I mean, for nosebleed tickets, it's 61 bucks 
to go to a Phoenix Suns game. Let's Damn. say. Now let's let's look at a Phoenix Mercury ticket. Let's do it. Who's the Phoenix Mercury? It's the WNBA. <laughs> I know, I know. It's just. Let's see what what do they have for nosebleeds? Let's say Phoenix Mercury at. Let's see what is the cost of a ticket to go to a. Um. So. Forty-five bucks. Okay, right. that's not bad. But those are actually much better seats. Oh, so apples and oranges. nosebleed, nosebleed. You know, you, but I'm looking at your cheapest tickets. Nosebleed seats for a Phoenix game. Ah, gotcha. Is sixty-one bucks. Mm-hmm. Decent seats for a Mercury game, are forty-five. So let's start there, because you could extrapolate that. And decent seats for a Phoenix Suns game are probably gonna, probably going to run you a hundred to one hundred and twenty-five bucks. Mm. So twice we'll go three times the price. How about that? Potentially, yeah. Yeah. So three times if, the popularity, <clears throat> three times the revenue draw, yeah. three times. Okay. And and on top of that, you know these these places are also selling tons of merchandise. They have more butts and seats. Mm. Like it's unfortunate. But the thing is, is that you have to remember that these are private organizations. They're not, you know, it's not like the city of Phoenix owns them. And so they can set the price as, you know, the price oh, sure. for this seat is, you know, $45. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you're going to a men's game or a women's game. Now, where there's a stark difference between, let's say, the men's national team and the women's national team is, is that this comes around once every four years in their case, you know. The difference is, is, is that, you know, you don't have this constant draw on, you know, uh, seating like you would for, you know, an NBA game or a WNBA game. So you actually end up with a lot more equality in the national soccer teams right. than you do with, you know, individual private um, um, mm-hmm. basketball teams. I get what you're saying. So... And on top of that, the women's national team, they're a fucking powerhouse. They sell a lot of jerseys. They're selling yeah. more butts and seats. Why? Because they fucking win championships. That's they true. win World Cups, you know, women's World Cup. And and so it's, you know, they're you're you're starting to at least see more equal footing. Now, whether or not, you know, whether or not this same issue exists, you know, for, you know, women's soccer versus men's soccer. I mean, probably does, but soccer, at least in this country, doesn't have the same popularity as football or basketball or baseball. That's true. I just think women's basketball, if they, and they can now it's, it's all in advertising and marketing. And some of those, some of there was just barriers there for women for a long time Mm -hmm. now. And I think those are gone. And I think that's why it's beginning to gain popularity. And so, yeah, well, I, I just think we need to promote that just as much. Like if you promoted basketball less than men's basketball less, eventually women's basketball would, would well, be better. I, it's all about market. And, uh-huh. you know, for the longest time, for the longest time, you could make the argument that men's basketball was more entertaining, more entertaining than women's basketball. And it's, it's, it's not, 
even to women like i know plenty of women who don't like watching women's basketball because they don't think it's as fast-paced or as exciting as men's basketball interesting and i and and that was actually really curious to me because they should start watching it again (laughs) that was that was literally my question i was like literally my question i'm like but you know you know at least like you know isn't there doesn't there feel like there should be a little bit more of a relation like yeah Yeah. once upon a time i played basketball and this could have been me in this league now and that's uh, the ebb and flow of every you know professional sure team every professional you know sport is that there comes a time where you know the the sport itself becomes stagnant and you know there was a lot of initial excitement in wnba that kind of waned when you know people started to realize you weren't going to be watching you know massive dunks like you saw in the nba at the time okay but the the nba wasn't always massive dunks you know what i mean but it, I mean, it was a, it was a pretty wild West moment there for a while. Like, especially yeah. like in the early two thousands, you know, in the late nineties uh-huh. and early two thousands, like you had everything from Michael Jordan and the bulls to, oh, I you know, agree. Ron Artest ending up, you know, having a fucking fight with the fans. But Larry to, Bird wasn't alley-ooping is what I've seen. No, you know what I mean? No. And, and, and when you look at like basketball back in the, you know, the 50s, 70s, 80s, it was, you know, it wasn't that exciting, but there was a moment where basketball uh-huh. was actually really fucking exciting. Yes. And I'm going to say that women's basketball is on the verge of having that moment. And I, and that's the thing is like, I don't disagree with that assessment either. Right. Do I think it will be as big as, as the NBA? I don't know. And the reason I say I don't know is because that there's going to come a point where that marketing, they're going to figure out what their sweet spot is in marketing. Uh-huh. Yeah. There are going to be more eyeballs that end up watching it. And I do think that, you know, they're going to move on to bigger venues to more fans. Sadly, I think that in a lot of ways, what is happening with Brittany Kreiner is actually going to drive more eyeballs to the WNBA. Yeah. I really hey. do think that that's actually going to happen. How about this? Thanks for listening to Public Access America. We're going to continue on what he was just thinking because I was going to bring that up. So thank you for listening. We'll be right back with this further discussion. We're not done with Brittany yet. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow.
to public access America. Yes, we can. Sunday live streams on YouTube. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Apple Podcasts. Stitcher Smart Radio Public. And Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.